Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder and Merlot. We are a true crime book club podcast. I'm your host, Tara. And I'm your host, Michelle. How's it going, Michelle? Oh, it's going. It's going. It's finally raining. You know. It is raining. Yeah, hopefully you won't be able to hear that on the recording. I think it's died down now, but it's kind of crazy wind and rain. Yeah, but it's kind of a crazy, stuff. horrible weather day, but we need yeah. it. So Yeah, we need it. Got our big garden in yesterday, so it's perfect timing. Yeah, I spent all day out in the sun yesterday, so it could rain all day today. It's fine. Yeah. I got a good sunburn yesterday, actually. <laughs> yeah, I burnt my face. Oh, yeah, my face. My parents were so concerned about me. Like, Terry, your face is so red. You have to do something about that. And I'm like, yeah, fine. <laughs> this is fine. If I uh, take my glasses off, I have like white stripes where my glasses <laughs> sit. So. Oh, that's fantastic. They live there forever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> I also, well, I spent a lot of time with Hank yesterday, my dog, <laughs> and he was being such a suck and he just kept licking my face, but I'm allergic to dog saliva. So I had the combination of a rash from my dog <laughs> plus the beating sun. So it's probably why my parents were so concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen your face react to things before. Oh, it's not yeah. good. It's not yeah, good. My face likes to do that. <laughs> it does. And it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Dog saliva and adhesives. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, learn yeah. that lesson mm-hmm. for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Don't put spirit gum on your face if you're allergic to adhesives because your yeah, face don't will blow it. up and then you have to go to the hospital. <laughs> and it's not a Halloween mask that you're wearing. No. And your husband will make fun of you for years and years and years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So don't do that. <laughs> he always refers to me as the guy from Goonies, still to this day, because of that time. He's always like, hey, hey you guys. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Fortunately, that doesn't happen uh-huh. when a dog licks my face, but like, yeah, my face has been through some shit. <laughs> it's, it's been through a lot. Apparently. Ugh. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> you're, you're still beautiful. It's all good. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Well, that was derailment immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Um, let's talk about our feedback that we got from part one of If You Tell. Yeah. Yeah, we got some good feedback. It was exciting. Yeah. Uh, did you get any messages or anything like that? Um, the best one I got was from my mom this afternoon. She's like, I just finished this week's episode, and holy crap, that woman's a bitch. I <laughs> <laughs> <That> was like... <laughs> Damn. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's going to be my favorite response from now on. Yes. (laughs) That's great. I'm so happy that she listens. Me too. Yeah. I got a pretty good response as well. My friend Raina was listening while doing yard work and we made her gag while we were telling the part about the rotten uh, smoothies yeah. that Shelly yeah, would that feed part makes Kathy. Egg too. Oh yeah. When I was reading that part, I was dying. That was honestly the grossest thing I've ever, ever read. But yeah, yeah, we got a good reaction out of her as well. So that was pretty great. Not exactly the reaction I look for, you know, when people listen to our podcast is, hey, you made me gag, but I'm still thankful that she listened I, I to am. us. And <laughs> means we're telling a good story, right? When we can get a reaction out of people. Exactly. And she gave us a really good shout out on Instagram too. So that was kind of nice. She's the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then as well, we had some responses from last week's question, which was, how do you decompress? 
So we posted our fluff and stuff question on Instagram and Facebook, and we wanted to share what our favorite responses were. Yeah. Do you want to share what the, what our people said? Yeah. Our so people. Our, our people. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so Britt Sulkin, a life coach, responded that she dis- decompresses with journaling, which is a great idea. And I'm not great at it, but I'm trying. So. I'm so bad at it. I will journal for like one day. I'll have this plan and I'll be like, I'm going to do this every day. These are the things I want to write about. And then after one day, nothing. <laughs> I was doing, I was doing really good journaling, especially when um, I went into isolation. Like I was like, I need to write all these things down and whatever, but my days have just kind of all like blended together. And I think yeah. I'm about a week and a half behind, maybe two weeks. I don't know. All my days are the same. Exactly. How do you keep track of time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah. um, Janessa from Coffees and Crime, which is another uh, Canadian girls podcast. So go Yay. check them out. They're great. Um, yes. Said that her therapy dog, Winnie, is the best at helping her decompress after researching a tough case. Winnie is so cute. And they post, oh, they always so have cute. Winnie on their post. And I mean, that's the best way to, <laughs> to get any followers or anything is just post your dog because. Post your dog. Yep. yep. So cute. And also Winnie got a new little friend recently. Did you yes, see I that? saw that. Oh, oh I know. So <laughs> <laughs> but they're really great. Those girls. We're uh, yes. Canadian friends. <laughs> yes. And they just launched their first episode this week. So yes, because they usually have a YouTube channel, but now they're doing a podcast. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. So we thank you guys that uh, responded to our questions and we would love to hear from more of you. So don't be lame. Come chat with us and we might even give you a shout out. Yeah. So now that we're all caught up, let's jump into our mini-sode. Yeah. Our mini-sode, that's not really going to be a mini-sode because Sorry, I just couldn't stop. Well, it's an interesting topic, so... I think so. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Okay, friends, grab your glass and get cozy. Let's talk about cults and tigers and such. Ding, ding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I realize that this is very delayed, and I'm sure we missed all of the Tiger King hype, and y'all are probably tired of hearing about it by now but I still have questions and I can't get over it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm surviving life on Tiger King memes. They've made some days brighter for most people, I think. It's true. I'm actually amazed the hype has lasted this long. So hopefully (laughs) we'll we'll still be in it somehow. Maybe there'll be some other people like us. I'll be like, ooh, another Tiger King thing. (laughs) Right? And it's a little little different than the other avenues that people have dove into. So exactly. That's what I was going for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the first time that I watched it was just before shit really exploded, which was on March 25th. And I know this because I tweeted about it while I was quarantined, which (laughs) I know this because it's like the only time I've used Twitter in like the last five years. So it was very easy to go back and be like, "Hmm, what day did I watch that? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. And Michelle, you were the one that watched Tiger King first and forced me to watch it. Thank you. Do you want to give a quick recap of what it all entails? Uh, yeah. My husband and I like saw the trailer and I was like, okay, we are watching this. Like, we're committed. It's happening. And then we're watching it and we're like, I don't know, half an hour into the first episode. And I messaged Tara and I was like, dude, if you're not watching Tiger King, 
watch it. It's got everything you ever need in a documentary. There's tigers and lions and mullets and magic and gay rednecks and polyamory and alligator arson and murder for hire and missing limbs and a zoo-based sex cult and oh my God, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, sold. I am turning it on right now. And that's what I did. (laughs) So I am so happy that you (laughs) texted me that. I even screenshotted it because I was like, damn, (laughs) this sounds like it was the best show I've ever heard of. (laughs) I know. I was like, this is everything I didn't know I needed in my life. (laughs) Do you remember how you heard of it and what your first thoughts were when you were watching it? Um, I heard of it first in a true crime Facebook group that I'm on. Hmm. Um, And I was like, okay, just kind of saw it like in passing and then it just like popped up on Netflix. You know how it like has like mm-hmm. the big, this is what's popular right now. And uh, there was no like holding back. I was like, yes, that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. I saw it on the Yumber Yard for the first time for sure. And yeah. I screenshotted it because I was like, oh yeah, that looks interesting. You know, deep dive into big cat world. Like I'm all about the big cats. So course I right? want to watch it. I had no idea. <laughs> no. I had no idea what I was getting into until you text me and then I'm like, all right, I still don't have any idea what I'm getting into, but I'm here for it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, obviously I started watching it because Michelle was freaking out and I had to know more and it sounded like the most incredible show ever. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately I just started making notes and notes and notes because I was like, oh my God, we are definitely going to cover this on Murder and Merlot. And I had- and see, I didn't make notes because I knew you would. <laughs> that's just, that's how I am. I just, I'm like, this is crazy. I have to start writing it down because there's so much going on that there's no way I can remember this all. Right? <laughs> it's like the tiniest little things like that they just brush over and you're like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Back up. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, that's why I had to write everything down. And I even had friends messaging me. Like, it was like, as soon as you messaged me, all my friends started messaging me. And they're like, are you watching this? You need to watch it right now. My one friend even said, it's like you wrote this show. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, thanks, I guess. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, FYI, apart from my weird true crime obsession, I've always been a crazy cat lady. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Well, you remember those girls in school that would always act like a cat and like meow and hiss at people? That was me. (laughs) And I'm so not proud of that. So is it okay? (laughs) I'm that person that's like, can you get that done for me? About How about meow? Right? Like... (laughs) Right, meow. <laughs> yeah, but right I, thought about I, meow. Talk, I thought I could talk to cats. Like, I, I have a pretty good meow, actually, but. You, you do. I've heard it. <laughs> have you? Have you heard it? Why was I meowing? I don't even want to know. You're a big fella. That's true. Yes. Big fella yeah. was. It was my kitty cat that I brought to work, and now he lives at the clinic with us. <laughs> and, you know, I can have better conversations with animals than I can with people. So, yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. So that makes a lot of sense now that you say that. <laughs> uh, so yes, when the show came out, it was everything I ever wanted. Big cats, rednecks, and murder. Perfect. Love it. That is I th- I all think about it goes me. <laughs> beyond redneck. It, it's hillbilly. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're pretty redneck, but <laughs> that's like, that's, that's like another level. It, yeah. Next level. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like they're on their own level. 
Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And clearly I'm not the only person that thought all of that, that it was the best thing ever because shit blew up. Like you thought love is blind was a big thing. Joe Exotic was like, hold my meth pipe, Jessica, watch this. (laughs) Right? I'm taking over here. You are done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So immediately, everyone with a podcast or any type of social media started talking about it, which obviously you guys already know because it's been everywhere. So Mm -hmm. I was like, shit, I can't do just a general Tiger King episode. Everybody's already talking about it, so I need a different angle. So then my plan was, I was going to focus on the disappearance of Don Lewis, the husband that Carol Baskin potentially absolutely could have murdered. (laughs) Well, guess what? Morbid covered it, and then Murder Squad with Paul Holes and Billy Jensen. So how could I follow that? We can't follow that. No. There's no way. (laughs) They're actually like legit professional detectives and shit. Like, yeah, no. They, they got that covered. Like, yep. I'm just going to step away from that. So basically, I gave up on my hopes and dreams about doing an episode on Tiger King. But then the thought continued to linger, and I was still thinking about all the crazy characters on this crazy-ass show. Each one of them has such an insane story that I, sh- I should be able to talk about somebody. So then I was thinking, who do I want to know more about? Well, I'm all about the cults. <laughs> well, I figured that I needed to know more about the doctor of mystical science, Mahamayavi Bhagavan Antel, otherwise known as Doc Antel. And yes, I spelled his name phonetically because what the fuck is that? <laughs> you should just post a screenshot of that because it's like, oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the Mahamayavi, I actually, I got that from Google Translate when I was looking at it, and I was thinking about, how do I type this so I know how to say it? But then it just popped up in the bottom, and I was like, oh, I'll just copy and paste that. But it's, yeah, it's a pretty good-looking name. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's excellent. There's a lot of A's in there. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven A's (laughs) in this word. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) we'll talk more about the name later on. Don't worry. Yes. There's so much stuff to cover. I'm so excited to talk about it. You should be. Because I was so intrigued by him. I was like, we need to know more. Like, can we just have a TV show about him? Right? So many things. It's just like, oh, that that was kind of weird. And uh, that's a little bit interesting as well. All right. (laughs) But they're a little uncomfortable, you know, they're just going to skip on past that. Okay, cool. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. All right. So just like many of the other people or characters, rather, on the show, this dude could have his own documentary. Doc Antle is on the show because he is another big cat enthusiast, and according to Wikipedia, he is the founder and director of the Institute of Greatly Endangered and Rare Species, which, of course, stands for tigers. So (laughs) clever. And tiger... Tigers is a 50-acre wildlife preserve in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He is also the owner of Myrtle Beach Safari, which is a tour that runs through the preserve. So first, let's discuss how he was portrayed in Tiger King. Our first introduction of Doc Antle was on episode two called Cult of Personality, where he comes strolling in on his elephant. 
<laughs> just his, reliving it. It's great. I know. <laughs> Your image. He just thinks he's so such hot shit. Just mm-hmm. in on that big old elephant. Mm-hmm. His first statement in the show is quote. Nothing is cooler, sexier, and more significant to the world we live in today than a tiger. End quote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize tigers had that big of a role in my life, but apparently they do. So right away, I think it's safe to say this guy thinks pretty highly of himself. And he appears to be a pretty eccentric leader in a place that looks like paradise. I also got the impression that he was quite controlling as the producers included some scenes of him giving instructions on what shots he wanted and what they were going to look like. So immediately I thought that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. We learned that he potentially has some shady connections as well, as apparently he is friends with Mario Tabro. And I hope I said that right. Uh, Mario is also a zookeeper and a former drug pin. Oh, a drug pin. <laughs> Former drug kingpin is what I meant to say. And also, he played a role in dismembering and disposing of a federal informant that his men had murdered. No big deal. Yeah. So he was sentenced to, you know, only 100 years of prison for participating in the disposal of a body. But he only ended up serving 12 years of that sentence. Which is wild. <laughs> I'm sorry. How is that possible? I don't know. I have so many questions, but <laughs> I feel like that's, that's for another episode. <laughs> yes. We'll that's not talk what we're about talking that about. Later. Yeah. Not what we're talking about today, but thought that was quite interesting. But yet somehow Mario was like one of the most normal people in this documentary, which is totally so like he was, he seemed like a pretty chill guy. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, this is how it is. Whatever. Yeah, this is uh, some shit happened back in the day, but how I'm good now. Cats. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And it was from Mario's wife that we learned that Doc Antle is a doctor of mystical sciences and that he has many wives. Others interviewed on the show said he had between three to nine wives. <laughs> Which was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is interesting. Antle explains that they are all a big, cohesive family. The employees start as apprentices when they are teenagers, and they live on the preserve. Right away, it's apparent that the target is young, beautiful, impressionable girls. When he asked about his relationships, he said, you can't get into my complex lifestyle. It's not for prime time. Gross. Yeah, it's a little gross. Things get real interesting when a former employee was interviewed. She really spilled the tea. Barbara Fisher was Doc's apprentice from 1999 to 2007. And here are some details that were revealed in her interviews. Barbara said that the employees basically live in horse stalls that were filthy and there were cockroaches everywhere. If the girls wanted to get to the top quickly, they were to sleep with Doc. Doc chose certain personalities for his apprentices he would select virgins or someone close to a virgin. Then they would be bonded for life. And Barbara described it with the word shaktipa, which means enlightened or divine touch. Ew. <laughs> so many. <Yeah. laughs> uh, 
Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when they were talking about that, they were referring to a specific body part, and that's that's just some yeah. gross, creepy shit. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah. Shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> They work 365 days a year from sunup to sundown. One of Doc's partners said she works from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. They all agree that it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. They miss weddings, funerals, and holidays, all of that kind of stuff, which Doc said himself. So it's not a secret at all. Barbara said that they were paid $100 a week. However, I'm not sure if their living expenses were included in that. I kind of assume that they are and potentially even their food and that kind of stuff because it was very specific of what they had to eat. They were all vegans and all of that kind of stuff. So potentially could have living expenses and food as well included, but regardless. Living expenses as in they paid for the cockroaches to <laughs> keep them company at night or? <laughs> Some extra cr- yeah. for sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> poor vegans, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. That, yeah, that probably wouldn't fly, would it? <laughs> no, probably not. But I guess if you're like living your entire life with no second of freedom, then what do you really need money for? <laughs> I guess. Honestly. It's terrifying. But also keep in mind that Big Cat Rescue runs 100% on volunteers. They don't pay anybody. So. Right. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Doc chooses women's outfits and they are always dressed very sexy because their job is to lure people in. Also, he changes their names. Barbara's name was legally changed to Bala. And changing your name pretty much changes everything about yourself. Um, so he, he pretty much stripped their identity. And he also controlled all other aspects of their life. Like I said, what they could eat and what they could do. All of that jazz. Mm-hmm. Probably the most disturbing part was that she was pressured into getting breast implants. She wasn't even asked or agreed to it, but the appointments were made. And she went along with it because she got a few days of rest out of it. And a set of double Ds. Uh, Yes. Perks. (laughs) 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 See what I did there? I did. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm a glass of wine deep, so... (laughs) I'll keep them coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's perfect. I love it. Mm -hmm. He would say that they were free to leave at any time. But as Barbara points out, that's what all cults say. Mm -hmm. But there's all the social ties with the people that you live with every day. If you left, you would lose everything. And where would you go? Especially got $100 a day. Like, what are you going to do with that? $100 a week. $100 a week. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And if you no longer go to, you know, weddings or funerals or birthdays or Christmases, do you really have any friends or family to go home to? Not really. Probably not much. So it makes it a little bit difficult to leave. Um, So Barbara raised cubs while she was there. And she said it, it started with just a couple litters once in a while. And then it turned into a constant supply of litters. (laughs) Oh, that makes me sad. Yeah, always breeding and having more cubs. She had a favorite tiger that she talked about fondly, but then when producers asked what happened to it, she said she didn't know, and a lot of times tigers would disappear, and the employees didn't know what happened to them, but Doc said, you know, that he took care of it, and it doesn't matter. It's none of their business where they go. 
So that's, that's a little sketch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all the stuff that we learned from Barbara's interview. And yeah, she paints a pretty culty picture right there. Absolutely. I, I wanted to hear more just from her. I was oh, so yeah. intrigued by her in general. I was like, I could just listen to you talk about this. Oh, yeah. asshole. Tell me everything. And like lots of it came out. It was just like mentioning things and passing as if it was like normal. And then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. <laughs> we got to talk about this ain't normal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh yeah, no, that's not normal. I forgot. <laughs> it's just how I lived for eight years of my life. No kidding. And so he, I noticed that he seemed to be very controlling. Like I said earlier, he would ask, um, what's the shot? This is what you're going to be doing. Um, and then another part that I saw Doc <laughs> interacting with staff also was pretty interesting. And he was petting a tiger. And then he said to his staff, oh, the chain hadn't been cleaned properly. Now my shirt's ruined in a very passive aggressive manner. So just, it felt like a little as if he kind of was out of character for a moment, out of his like, mm -hmm. you know, TV show. Like, I'm perfect. Ready yeah. Character. And then it was like, oh, here's a, you know, backhanded Thing to my employee because they fucked up. So it was totally yeah, kind of interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And they also mentioned on the documentary that there's a rumor that Doc euthanizes tigers after they are grown so he can make room for more tiger club, tiger clubs, <laughs> tiger cubs. <laughs> yes, it's kind of a tiger club. <laughs> yeah, one of many. <laughs> one of many. Uh, the closing credits say. Doc Antle's Myrtle Beach Safari was raided by the authorities in December 2019. Antle has not responded to the allegations of cub euthanasia. So, Michelle, what are your thoughts hmm. on Doc Antle after watching this documentary, and what vibes do you get from him? Um, well, the scene that you talked about with the shirt, I was, like, screaming at the TV. I was like, this guy is a fucking dick. Like, I feel straight like up. It was not something that people were really talking about. I didn't really see no. it else, but I'm like, did, did, it, did anybody else just see that? That was rude. <laughs> like, you know that when he's, he said it, his staff or whatever is called members, family, I guess, mm -hmm. um, were like cringing, like, oh, I'm going to get like 50 lashes later. Oh, like, yeah. She, she turned away. It was like she almost like visibly like cringe was like, I'm sorry. Like immediately was like, I fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a goddamn shirt. Like fucking relax. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you got a couple. It's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. You'll be okay. Probably um, don't do your own yeah. laundry either. So. No. Yeah, and I it. totally just got like full on creep city vibes. Like mm -hmm. I'm like all of those poor girls just need to like get pulled out of there and given a hug. Yeah. You know, and tell them they're perfect just the way they are, and you don't need a tiger to make you feel special. Like, you don't need this dude. Yeah. Sorry, I was laughing at that. You don't need a tiger to feel special. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I was determined when I was a kid that I was going to have a tiger, honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. You can ask my dad. Every time we went to the zoo, I look at my dad, and I still do it. Like, we t we've taken my kids to the zoo, and I'm like, Dad, can I have a tiger? And he's like, you're not my problem anymore. Take it up with your husband. But... <laughs> I was certain the shows or the commercials that popped up that was like, you can adopt a tiger for $5 a month or whatever it was. Like, I legit thought that you got a tiger. And I was like, mom, why aren't we doing this? This is the coolest thing ever. And she tried to- We have a big yard. Yeah. It's we, fine. we have like over 600 acres. Like that's way bigger than fucking Myrtle Beach Safari. 
Imagine how many fingers I could have. (laughs) Oh, but think of the fencing you would have to do. Oh my God. I'm not good at fencing. (laughs) No, no, you lost me at fencing, so. (laughs) All right, you make a good point. (laughs) This is the only reason why I won't get a tiger. No, I'm kidding. There's many reasons. (laughs) Many. But yes. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. I did really want a tiger though. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I totally agree I, with you. Total creep city vibes from this guy. Yep. He's, there's some, I'm, I'm looking forward to stuff that you've dug up about him because he is like yeah. shady, man. <laughs> well, well, let's see. All right. So the documentary certainly painted him as a manipulative, controlling cult leader, which if that's all true... It's certainly fascinating, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Doc says that it's not even remotely accurate to a reality, but we'll get to his thoughts shortly. First, I wanted to discuss some definitions. So, yes. Mahamayavi Bhagavan, we're going to talk about that name because, oh boy, we have to talk about that name. Yeah, let's unload that. Yeah. From what I could find online... It seems like he might actually have been born Mahamayavi Bhagavan Antal, which is very surprising. I don't know if that's 100% true, but usually websites will say, you know, like Wikipedia will say uh, born as or whatever. They'll yeah, they'll say what their the real name is. Um, the only place that I saw otherwise was on Reddit. Somebody said that his real name is Kevin, but from what I could find, <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? <laughs> Muhammad Yavi <Yeah>. or Kevin? <laughs> There's a lot of letters in that name. How did you come up with Kevin? <laughs> right? Like, you got pretty much almost the entire alphabet there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> an interesting take. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, from what I could see, it looks like he just went by Kevin Antle in school because his name was just too hard to pronounce for, you know, pretty much everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, not even like the kids, but could you imagine being like a teacher first day of school, oh. like roll call and just be like, uh... A no, we're gonna call you Kevin now. <laughs> this is yeah, maybe that's maybe that's how it happens. I think it might be you with the weird name. I'm gonna call you Kevin. Yeah, you know why? Because I can say that shit. <laughs> I can't say Mahamayavi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty good though. Yeah, it's because of my spelling. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yes, anyways, it sounded like his mother gave him this Hindu name because of her love for the Eastern culture or something along those lines. That's what I gathered anyways. So it's the, yeah, very interesting. But uh-huh. um, in the show, the former employee, Barbara, said that the name Bhagavan means Lord. Doc said that it's a friend of God. And Doc's son says it's the master of the universe. <laughs> so. <laughs> Isn't that He-Man? <laughs> Oh, no. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Never mind. (laughs) It's just the crew. (laughs) Right. It's He-Man's crew. Cool. Oh, boy. So according to Google Translate, it means God in Hindi. And Mahamayavi, according to Google Translate, means Her Majesty. So uh, what was his mother thinking by naming him 
Her Majesty God. Like, I could be way off on this. I'm just going by what Google tells me, and I know Google is sometimes full of shit, but <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even have words. Her Majesty. Yeah. I just feel like she just sent him down a path of, you're going to be a cult leader one day. You know? Absolutely. This is my life goal for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Bring that's... enlightenment to poor women who love tigers. Right? Cool. <laughs> and I also think it's just really interesting to think about his name and his upbringing because he said he was brought up on a cattle ranch in Arizona. And I just feel like those things just don't really go together. No. And like, he's like a white dude. He's like, <laughs> he could not be more white. No. <laughs> and it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just no. strange that it is it, around with this Middle Eastern name. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all, it's all very strange, but I thought it was really interesting that I couldn't actually find out if that's his real name or not, but it kind of looks like it is. So yeah. Fun. I don't know. Just like, remember when we were saying last week when like, you, changing your hair or changing your clothes it like mm-hmm. gives you a different persona or like you kind mm-hmm. of act different for however you're dressed however you mm-hmm. feel I think that's kind of what happened here you know yeah he's like I'm my yeah. yummy yum what what uh, what I would <laughs> my yummy yummy <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> and I am the the lord god of all tigers so oh my god yeah, I'm forever going to call him a yummy yummy now. <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder where he got his God complex from. I have no yeah. idea. Right? No, oh, that just, yeah, came out of left field. Love it. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Anyways. So next, let's define what a cult is. Because I love definitions and I love cults. But not in a weird way, just from a distant observing kind of way. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Agreed. I, I yeah. wouldn't. I would be the worst cult member because nobody can tell me what to do. I am. Oh, me too. Oh, <laughs> no. You tell me what to do. I'm going to do the opposite. So, don't worry. The only cult that I'm a part of is the Cloud Appreciation Society, which is <laughs> is a totally different thing. But uh, it's just cute. It's fine. it's cute. It's a it's a website that it just everybody appreciates clouds. And if you watch their video, it's like wow, this is a cult. But no harm. No harm, no, no foul. Yeah. It's good. No foul. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, okay, let's get back on track here. Oh my God. <laughs> we still have a long way to go. So, cult. Wikipedia says a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, or by its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. So definitions of cults I found are always very vague. I didn't really get a good definition, um, mm-hmm. but I think the most accurate one I could find was on theguardian.com, and it says, a typical cult has a charismatic, unaccountable leader who persuades by coercion and exploits its members, usually economically, sexually, or in some other way. So I thought mm-hmm. that was a good way of putting it because usually it's just, most definitions just say, oh, yeah, it's like a group of people that like like a, a weird thing. And it's like, well, that could be so yeah. many different things. Exactly. Yeah. And like later on in this article, it basically said that most definitions are so general that they could include everything from 
Barbie doll collectors to Trekkies to diehard Elvis fans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I mean, I would agree with their statement. Oh, like, if you actually look up cults, like, it's, it's so vague. And I would even mm-hmm. say that most religions could be considered cults by some definitions out there. And Absolutely. That's just, that's just my opinion. I got mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts on that, but I'm not dissing any religions. Don't come for me. I just, just by definition, I think it's really interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. So next up is Doctor of Mystical Sciences, because... Why not? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this one was really hard to find anything on. According to Myrtle Beach Safari, quote, as a young man... Doc also had the opportunity to travel and explore the world and spent a significant amount of time in Asia where he received a doctorate degree in medicine, end quote. Okay, (laughs) sure. Mm -hmm. So that sounds great. Like, it sounds like he's a legit doctor. Cool. Another source said after dropping out of high school, Doc studied abroad in China. Antle earned a doctorate degree in Chinese medicine after years in the field. So I just kind of thought that was a weird one just because Mm -hmm. you don't usually get a doctorate degree just by being in the field, you know, like you've been in the veterinary industry for how many years? 15. That's what I was going to say. 15 years. (laughs) Does that mean you're a veterinarian? No. Hell no. Hell no. Mm -mm. I've been in the field for, No. Trust me, we don't want to be called that shit. If we're not working towards it, don't go there. No. (laughs) I've been in the field for six years now. It doesn't make me a doctor, you know? (laughs) So I just thought it was really interesting. Like, that's not how doctorate degrees generally work. No. A Reddit user said that um, Doc claimed he earned a Doctor of Natural Sciences degree from the Chinese Science Foundation which is not an accredited university. I also cool. couldn't find anything about this Chinese Science Foundation. So all very strange. I, you know, I searched the actual words like Doctor of Mystical Sciences, like, and there was a couple programs that popped up, but they had zero explanation about what was actually involved with that degree. Pretty much all it said was, with this degree, you could be a motivational speaker or a life coach or this or that. But like, it didn't actually say what, what you would accomplish, like what you would be doing or studying. It was so strange. So weird. weird. Sorry, I didn't really get a good uh, definition on that one. I just, uh, it was all I very didn't vague. actually think you were going to get a good definition on that. I was kind of hoping. Like, <laughs> it's like, are there real people out there doing this? I don't know. It's crazy. Well, there's one for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One is enough. <laughs> all right. Let's hear what Doc had to say about all of this. Since the Tiger King documentary, he has come out with numerous interviews on all kinds of platforms. I've seen him like on TV shows, YouTube, podcasts. Like he is everywhere. He is spreading his word. <laughs> As cult leaders do. Yeah, I guess so. He's, he's <laughs> doing his thing. <laughs> what he was born to do. He has been on the offense ever since, and he is not happy with how he was portrayed in the show. Surprise. <laughs> he even claims that he did not agree to be on the Tiger King documentary. He was filming 
for three to four years for what he thought was going to be a show about conservation. But when that didn't sell, the footage from those years were sold to the Tiger King producers without his permission. And that's, that's what he told Extra TV, I guess. So, I mean, that's interesting. That's very interesting because in theory, if that's how they went about it, they should be getting sued. Yeah, that's not at all okay. So, yeah, no. I feel like there would be some legal stuff going on if that was actually the case. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's strange that, you know, he did talk about the whole Carol Baskin, you know, murdering mm-hmm. her husband and that kind of stuff on the show. So it's like, wasn't all about conservation. Yeah. Just saying. He goes on an attempt to disprove what was said about him on Tiger King. So first, let's read his statement that was posted on Myrtle Beach Safari's Instagram that has now been removed. We are very disappointed that our facility was mentioned in the new Netflix series. We can only assume it is because Doc Antle has such a high-profile wildlife personality for so many decades that his association would create more buzz. It is important to understand that this series is not a documentary. It is sensationalized entertainment with paid participants. Tiger King is the bizarre story of Joe and Carol and their feud. These characters are not representatives of experts in the wildlife sector or world-class facilities like ours here in Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach Safari has been recognized by the state of South Carolina as one of the preeminent wildlife facilities in the United States. We've also received international accolades for the critical role we provide with our qualified captive breeding programs and our global conservation efforts of threatened and endangered species. So yeah, they were not not having it. I'm not surprised. Mm -mm. No, of course, they won't like the shit that was said about them and how they were portrayed, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now we'll go through each allegation and see what his rebuttal was. So he said that it's just a salacious salacious show (laughs) that is not there to tell the truth, but was created and embellished to be more interesting. He was inserted into the show because his facilities and operations are just so much superior to Big Cat Rescue and Joe Exotic Zoo, and he was used as curb appeal and was a shining gem compared to the rest. The others were staged to look more divey, i.e. filming interviews in a dump, and having John Finley take out his false teeth and not wear a shirt. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) he said they really changed things and manipulated how the viewers saw people, is what he says. Which, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. Like, you could have picked a better spot to film Saf or whatever his name was, and John Finley probably could have worn a shirt as well. (laughs) But, Uh, yeah. yeah. Who knows? In regards to the cult accusations, his family and women, Doc addresses the multiple wives topic by saying he has only been married once, 25 years ago. She was the mother of his first two children and died in a car accident. Just want to point out their first two children. I wonder Mm -hmm. how many he actually has. (laughs) Well, good cult leaders have many, so. Exactly. (laughs) He does, however, admit that he currently has three girlfriends. So I don't think that is very different or far-fetched from what the TV show was saying. Like, I don't think he really got it. We don't no. care that if you were actually married or not. Like, that's not, that's not what we were talking about. You are clearly screwing multiple women at the same time. 
exactly. You can be good on you. Yeah. I mean, I don't care what your thing is. You can, you can do all that shit. That's fine. But like Joe, he owns that shit. He's like, hell yeah. I got two husbands. (laughs) Look at this. So we're a throuple. It's fine. (laughs) Throuples are the new thing. (laughs) Right? Oh, just own your shit, Doc. That's all own it is. That's 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 literally it. I don't care if you have three girlfriends. That's great. But like, don't go be like, oh no, it's bullshit. I don't have three wives. Come on, it's like it's just a different word. It's still exactly. the same thing. Like, yeah. Anyways, you would call those committed relationships, probably. So exactly. So mm-hmm. whatever. It's not that different. He says that he doesn't date young women. Although he stated that his girlfriends are generally from 30 to 50 years old. And just FYI, he's 60. So, I mean, a 30-year-old is pretty young. (laughs) I wish you guys could see my face right now. (laughs) It's very squinty. (laughs) Mm, It's not good. Again, you do you, but don't go and say that you don't do this one thing, but then contradict yourself and be like, oh, yeah, I do do that thing, but I'm not going to say that it's the same thing. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. the young women shown in the documentary, uh, he claimed that they were his granddaughters, nieces, and his son's fiance. So why are you making them dress the way that they're dressed is my question. Right? Gross. That doesn't seem appropriate either. Again, because it's not okay. It's not 100% the truth. doesn't mean that it's whatever. I don't know. It's just frustrating. It's like, you're not understanding doc. You're not proving anything different. Like there's still things wrong with this picture. Right. And you're just trying to make yourself sound better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at one scene they're driving and he was pointing out all these different houses and he's saying, um, you know, this girlfriend lives here, this girlfriend lives here, blah, blah, blah. That's what they're implying that all of his girlfriends live in these houses next door to each other. And yeah, they're basically one big family, whatever. He said that those were all his neighbor's houses and they used that footage with a different voiceover interview to make it seem like a completely different conversation. Cool. Weird. So weird. So I rewatched the scene to see if I could see if there was any differences. You know, was he facing away from the camera every time that he was talking so you can't see if his lips are actually moving that way, you know? But it was actually, it was very... It's hard to believe that that was a totally different interview dubbed over top of that footage. Like it, it mm-hmm. fit way too well. So I don't really know if I believe that. Very strange. He was clearly not happy with what Barbara had to say, of course. He claimed that most of the people on the show were paid to say the things that they said. And Barbara, in a separate interview later on, said she was absolutely not paid. She just thought it was the right thing to do to tell her story because she was asked about it. So she wanted to put the truth out there. He even said that Barbara was not his apprentice and had nothing to do with the tigers. She was actually just there to be the babysitter. Although there are pictures of Barbara with tigers and in very weird outfits like the other staff are seen in. So very interesting babysitter attire, if you ask me. Yeah, I wouldn't be hiring that babysitter. Again, like we talked about in the last episode, I'm not hiring a babysitter ever again. <laughs> I mean, if the world is shut down for, you know, ever, you won't have to. It's fine. Right? I'm good here. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, Doc told Oxygen that this is the ramblings of a crazy child who has a lot of, in my opinion, issues and somehow those have boiled up. 
this, that's pretty rude. <laughs> I, I have. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have a comment. Yeah. About that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have many, but it sounds like he's just trying to manipulate the situation like he's used to doing in his like little circle of people that he can control. Sounds like to me that this is his way of trying to control the situation, right? Absolutely. I, I 100% believe Barbara. 100%. Just yeah. like how she talked about her experience, like even just how she sat, she looked like a victim, right? Like mm -hmm. there's something just so sad about her. And what good is it going to do for her to lie? Well, it's exactly. Draw media, media attention to her that why would she want that? Yeah, exactly. Unless she's telling her story for a purpose. He's just trying to control the situation. Absolutely. The situation info got out that he doesn't want people to know about, and he is trying to get control like he always does. Right. And he's like, well, I'm Doc Antle, so I know all yes. of this stuff, and I am so great, so you must listen to me. I'm yeah, awesome. exactly. Like, no, I'm going to set the record straight. You're all going to believe what I have to say because I'm right? in control here. Yeah. Yeah. So Barbara actually tweeted in response to Myrtle Beach's safari statement that we read earlier. And the tweet read, quote, translation, I'm sad someone saw through my bullshit, so I'm going to pretend it was because I was so very famous before the Netflix show, <laughs> end quote, <laughs> which is hilarious. That's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're taking advantage of me because we are so famous and so well off before this whole thing happened. <laughs> Never heard of them before this. No, no. Yeah. Although I did see Rolling Stones made some... Um, videos with them so did britney spears yeah britney spears uh, had the mm -hmm. tiger on stage and then with the mm -hmm. snake around her that was all i'm a slave for you yeah yes he was in yeah. the background of that and then he's also worked on movies and stuff like that as well so so maybe yeah maybe he is well known but i'd never heard of him yeah exactly <laughs> it was funny people commenting on the rolling stones uh, video was like hmm this hasn't aged well has it <laughs> it was just funny <laughs> Because it made him seem like such a cool person. And then everybody's like, ha, ah, no. <laughs> Not so good. So, yeah, what I saw from his interviews all over the place, he was being pretty aggressive with his responses. Uh, next, we'll talk a little bit about cub euthanasia and conservation, which I think can be a pretty controversial topic. And people may have different feelings about this. So I just want to make it clear that whatever I say, whatever I express, it's my own thoughts. I'm not representing anybody here. I'm not, you know, intentionally going to say some shit to make people mad, but I just feel like this is a topic that people feel very passionately about. So I just wanted to put that out there that we all have opinions about these things and we can respectfully talk about them. And if you want to chat about this stuff, more than welcome to. Mm -hmm. So like we said earlier, at the very end of the show, the credit said that Doc Antle's facilities were raided by the FBI and that he never responded to the allegations of cub euthanasia. Doc said that the FBI raid had nothing to do with his facilities and said that the agencies came to collect DNA samples from three young tigers, or three young lions, threw me off there, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, descended from Wilson's Wild Animal Park in Virginia, which was closed down due to animal welfare issues. So all in all, according to him, they were only there to collect information. It had nothing to do with his actual facilities or animals. His response to cub euthanasia, he had quite a few things to say about this, of course. It, that's a huge allegation. 
So he claimed that he did actually discuss this topic in depth many times. They had at least three different one-hour conversations that they chose not to include in the documentary. And that may very well be true. I can see them picking apart what they want to say, what they don't want to say in the documentary. I don't think it's the most reliable documentary in the world, (laughs) clearly. So I don't think that's far-fetched at all. He is adamant that he does not euthanize cubs. He says that it's illegal, immoral, and impractical. Even if that was the case, it wouldn't be profitable. Profit that they do make is all used for conservation. He has rangers in places around the world that chase away poachers, they remove snares, and he claims that this has resulted in up to 80% of reduction in poachers. And if that's true, that's pretty fantastic. I'm, I'm here yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. He said that they generally only have two litters of tiger cubs every year. The cubs are only interacted with for 20 minutes a day, for three times a day. Uh, it's not an all-day exhausting kind of thing like it might seem like on the show. I'm not so certain about that as Barbara said that they always seem to have a constant supply of, of cubs. Mm. So not, not so sure about that one. It's, that's hard to say. So pretty much what he's saying is they don't have uh, multiple litters constantly being born uh, like it, what is suggested. And he isn't euthanizing tigers because there aren't as many as what they're portraying. He says that there are many elderly tigers, and since they have a life expectancy similar to what a dog has, they will naturally lose tigers. Which, I mean, it's, that is fair. <laughs> I mean, like, it's going to sound terrible when I say this, but they're going to die sometime. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's no way around that. So do understand that, that part. I mean, if there was a large amount, like, you know, if you have five or six every time you have a litter born. Okay, that would be very, very suspect. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what people are saying from what I can see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, that's just what he said. Um, so I looked it up and, uh, well, I Googled it. Um, tiger's life expectancy in the wild is 10 to 15 years and captivity is closer to 16 to 20 years. So I thought that was very interesting and that would be very similar to a dog's life expectancy, like he said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and he, they've been doing this for years and years and years. So that would make sense. Like every year the tiger's getting older and older and older. So they're going to be losing some as more are coming in. Mm-hmm. He also says that it would be impossible to simply get rid of tigers as, uh, as they imply in the documentary. They are very closely monitored and have federal veterinarians stop in unannounced every year, uh, multiple times to track all of the animals and where they go. So they would definitely notice if tigers were disappearing with no explanation which I could also see that as well. I definitely could see that for sure. Yeah. Just knowing how our federal vets work in Canada, I would say that all of these tiger places are on their radar. I would absolutely agree. Yeah. The preserve is also involved with genetic testing programs and their genetics are nothing like any other place in the world. They claim that they have such genetic diversity that one day, if it was ever necessary, they would use their genetics to reintroduce um, tigers back into the wild. So basically what they say is if all wild tigers perished, they would be the ones to replace them. Take it for what it is, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say if this is all true, though I do think that's very, that's very interesting. It's interesting. It's Mm -hmm. also very um, God complexy, right? If all the tigers in the entire world were to die, Doc Antle could replace them, right? right? And you know, his name means God, so go with it. Yeah. 
(laughs) instead of her majesty god it should have been tiger god (laughs) right (laughs) god of all tigers (laughs) you missed it (laughs) didn't quite get it um i mean i i'm sure i i do believe that he it sounds like they do put a lot of um effort and interest into their genetics and that kind of stuff which Mm -hmm. i think a lot of respectable breeders do in any type of animal so i do believe that do they have the best in the entire world and they would repopulate the entire wild population? Meh. I mean, who knows? Probably, probably not, but they might be up there. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just dipping my toes into the whole uh, big cat thing right now. I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is all very interesting and I'm a huge advocate for conservation. So if that's all true, I, I think it's great. You know, if, mm-hmm if all of what they're saying about their conservation efforts and the funding and the actual work that they do towards conservation, if that's true, I think that's great. Is it great how he treats people? No. From what we can see, that does not look great. No. That's that's pretty safe to say. But I do think that there is a place for zoos, preserves, and sanctuaries as long as the animals are treated well with adequate food, water, shelter, medicine, and physical and mental stimulation. So... Mm -hmm. If those things are all there, those are the basic needs of animals. I do think that there are a place for zoos and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I, uh, like I said, I take my kids to the zoo. I've been going to the zoo forever. But I, <laughs> doing what I do, I've built a lot of opinions about zoos and, and things. And one of my teachers actually retired from teaching and he went to go do zoo medicine and he was a huge inspiration and he opened my eyes a lot to good zoos versus bad zoos and conservation and preservation versus just owning animals to make money. Right. So, um, I think if you're going to have a zoo or you're going to have a a preserve, a conservation, whatever you want to call it, as long as you're doing it right. And those animals are looked after they're, you know, like you said, proper food, water, shelter, medicine, they're looked after and you're not doing it to make a profit, really. You're doing it for the conservation of those animals. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did have, I had many feels about the state of the animals that you saw in the Tiger King documentary. Mm-hmm. And they're all over the board. Like the, the Joe Exotic Tigers, I was like, holy shit, you guys are way too skinny. Even the the Carol Baskins ones, I didn't think that they looked great. And I didn't think her facilities looked great. So I was like, Mm -hmm. none of these feel awesome to me, like looking at all those animals in those facilities. Doc Antles, or on the other spectrum, I was like, holy shit, those tigers are so fat. Yes, that's true. So that, (laughs) that says to me that they're not getting proper exercise. They're like they might be getting fed the proper amount, but they're not getting stimulated the way that they should be. So right. again, I'm not an expert on tigers. Mm-hmm. This is just what I know from working with animals for the last 15 years that things mm-hmm. could be better on both sides of that. But exactly. if, if a zoo is going to do it right, and like I've been to zoos where they do it right, and those animals are in beautiful condition, and you can tell that they're like well-stimulated and they're, you know, they've got things to do in their enclosures and whatever – Sorry, this is kind of rambling no, on. Go but on. <laughs> um, then, yeah, I'm all for it. Okay. It's going to be weird, really weird because Wiley's going to go to bed as we're. Okay. 
So I agree with what you were saying before. I'm 100% on the same page. It's actually interesting because I always forget that we went to the same school. Yeah. Way, you know, years apart, but we went to the same school. I didn't have the vet that you're talking about. I didn't have have him as a teacher, but I did meet him at the zoo. So I got kind of the same experience in that sense. Like I really respected him. He was such an amazing person and Mm -hmm. it gave me a lot of respect for how zoos run and how they should be ran. So I think that's really cool that um, we both learned that from the same incredible person. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yes. And so people have concern with making money off of um, making money off of these places. And you kind of mentioned that as well, but um, Mm -hmm. What I was going to say is having celebrities come to the Myrtle Beach Safari and taking photos with them. Honestly, it's not the worst thing in the world if all that money is going towards conservation. I would yeah, if it's if it's yeah. going to a good a good good cause. use. If it's not just going straight into their pockets and they're just doing it to yeah. be rich, that's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Yep, if they're using it to build better habitats and, you know, provide good food, good vet medicine, then I'm all for it. Exactly. It's fine. Like, it was very clear that obviously it's not cheap to raise tigers and keep them, the facilities, the staffing and the, well, yeah. the staffing, I mean, however much they pay them, but still, all of that stuff, like medicine, food, all that stuff is going to be very expensive for them. So, mm-hmm. of course, they need to make a profit. They have to make a profit mm-hmm. somehow for these places to run whether it's a zoo or a preserve or whatever. Um, And I would rather see celebrity money going towards wildlife conservation than having to rely on donations from middle to lower class people. Absolutely. They've got extra to spend, like spend it on conservation. Right. Exactly. It could be going to to a good place. Mm -hmm. Um, So people can advocate all they want on social media. That's great get the awareness out there, but in the end, somebody mm-hmm. actually needs to be hands-on out there making progress and coming up with the money for real change for things to actually happen. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard. I can see this place not treating people well, but they are doing some things well, as far as what we can see from the outside. It's hard to, mm-hmm. hard to say. Mm-hmm. So now you're probably thinking that Doc has charmed and persuaded me, <laughs> but no. I definitely wouldn't say that. I do believe that his organization um, is doing good things for conservation, but that doesn't mean that I don't think he is shady in other ways. I still think that he has a God complex by definition. I think he could be considered a cult leader. And really that was the main point of this episode, wasn't it? (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts about this whole train wreck, what do you think, Michelle? Do you think that he would be considered a cult leader? Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> but think um, so. I'm kind of with you. I, I like cults. I think they're fascinating. And Great. we're going to cover a couple, I think. so. Yeah, I think soon. I'm Eventually. excited for that. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, there's a, a lot of different information that's thrown out there. And I don't know if the documentary was like coming at Joe exotic. Right. So they didn't dive a lot into doc, but man, I think a whole TV series about him would be so freaking cool. But again, it would be one-sided, right? We just hear one version of the story, right? We'd never, we're never going to get the whole story. We're never going to figure out what's truth and what's lie. Unless we become an apprentice. (laughs) I, 
I ain't drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, good point. I mean, there's lots of other stuff that could have brought up even still about Doc Antle. Like I pretty much talked about most of the stuff that they brought up in the documentary, but there's still a lot of like little things that I could have included. There was just so much information about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But have to stop somewhere. <laughs> but anyways, I'm officially tiger kinged out and I can finally let it go finally so I can stop <laughs> thinking about this I can move on with my life so let's talk about fluff and stuff which of course is where we ask our question of the week and today's question I think is pretty on point for tiger king theme <laughs> so one of my favorite things to debate is would you rather lose an arm or a leg oh a leg agreed yeah because, I mean, you could figure out how to do it <laughs> with your elbows and You know, stuff. Michelle, nobody on the <laughs> listening to the podcast can see what you're doing with your elbows. <laughs> no, but I'm trying to figure it out. I, like, wiping your butt, brushing your teeth, all of those things. I didn't even think about those things. I would rather have an arm to do that than a foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I 100% agree. I would <laughs> rather lose a leg than a, an arm. But it was interesting because I asked this on my Instagram and I had 46 people respond. 30 of them said they would rather lose an arm and 16 said leg. And I thought that was ridiculous. I want another reasoning. Why? I, I don't know. Well, I know the girls at work, they say that they would rather lose their arms because if they lost a leg, then they couldn't ride because <laughs> they're all big horse people. Oh, they're all horse people. That's fair. <laughs> so, I mean, eh, I kind of understand, but still, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Wiley thinks that uh, he would rather lose an arm, which he's wrong as well. <laughs> but um, Yeah. Good luck wiping your butt with your foot, Wiley. <laughs> yeah. Good luck wiping your butt with your foot, Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> he said i'll wipe it with your face <laughs> nice okay this is sweet <laughs> but okay well i want to give my argument because i think i have a good perspective on both of these things because i have do. broken arms before and i've been in a wheelchair before so i know all about this and yeah i would way rather lose a leg i'm a soccer player and all that stuff but i would way rather have a prosthetic leg than a prosthetic arm because you need your arm and your hand for so many things, so many like, intricate things that I just don't think a prosthetic would be the same. But for a leg, like you can get around. When I was in a wheelchair, when I didn't have my wheelchair, I would use my arms to walk. Like, I don't know, like you can just mm -hmm. make it work. That's, yeah. <laughs> those are my main points. <laughs> and I just if, keep thinking of like, like scratching your face with a prosthetic would be so much harder than like, walking with a prosthetic right i don't know it's just anything because yeah. it's all that fine fine motor or stuff right even if you've broken fingers before i've broken many fingers before and it is crazy how much like you don't realize how much you use each of your fingers yeah <laughs> yes but um so his name's saf is it saf or staff in the documentary saf. Saf. saf is just just a whole i don't know 
just a badass, I guess, because he's amazing. He just did not give a shit that he lost an arm. He was just like, yeah, it is what it is. I'm going back to work. <laughs> right. Did you um, watch the, the extra episode that they put out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And did you hear him talking about how they used that video of his arm being torn off in like safety training videos? videos? Like, yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's craziness. Yeah. Or there was the other guy in the documentary that lost his legs. Yeah. They didn't really talk about him very much, but like that was crazy. He like yeah. was told he was never going to walk again. And he's like, well, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to walk. And then he couldn't build up any muscle or anything. So he's pretty much just walking on his bones and then yeah. he got infected because he was walking on his feet every day for 12 hours a day. And then he lost his legs. So yeah. that was pretty messed up too. So <laughs> Either way, <laughs> both of them yeah. seem to be doing great. So yeah, kind of badass. <laughs> you would make it work regardless, but I 100% say leg over arm. I'm with you. So yeah, I want to hear everybody else's opinions as well. You can definitely <laughs> tell me your thoughts, but I'll tell you you're wrong if you tell me arm. <laughs> That's just how <laughs> Unless you have like a really good argument, you need to tell me it. Yeah. Okay. I'll debate and, it. Come and forth like, with a good argument about arm and we'll talk. Agreed. <laughs> so make sure to answer our question as well. Obviously, let us know what you think about the episode. Any, any thoughts you have about Doc Antle, we'd love to hear them. Or Tiger King in general. Yeah, we're here for it. Um, you can email us at murderandmerlot at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at Murder and Merlot Podcast, Facebook at Murder and Merlot Podcast, and Twitter at Murder and Merlot One. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere else you can find your podcast. And if you subscribe, we would love that. And if you don't, you're dead to me. Next week, we'll be diving into part two of the book, If You Tell. So make sure you're around for that because it will be wild. Yeah. So much more stuff that we got to go over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited that you're doing it next week. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Excellent. All right. Well, we got to sign off. (laughs) You know, every other podcast, their sign-offs are like they tell people that they need to do something, you know? Yeah. You know, there's like stay sexy, don't get murdered or keep it weird. Yeah. Or be a good egg, not a bad not apple. Not a bad apple. So we need to tell people that something. Don't judge a book by its cover. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what we're doing to Doc Antle. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Or judge mm-hmm. a book by its cover. Uh- Absolutely. Uh, read your books. <laughs> uh, get shit done. Drink your wine. Be a good have nerd. Have some fun. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Did you say be a good nerd? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All of those things. Just go. Just you be you. Yeah. All right. Cheers, friends. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.